Attention Life Tips listeners, looking for better ways to become better, smarter, faster, and wiser? Well, listening to Life Tips is a great start, but how about if we gave you an easier way to listen? Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to Life Tips and even more programs that will help you build to a better health, wealth, and lifestyle. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play today. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Making your life smarter. Better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Show, everyone. Pat Patterson here. Welcome, Pat. Thank you, Byron. Good to be here. Right on. If I had to say the name Pat Patterson five times in a row, I don't think I could say it, but we're going to go with this, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> You're popping your peas already. <laughs> right on. Pat, um, you're the, the uh, cable TV show uh, host behind the Pat Patterson Remade in America show. Thanks so much for being here today. You bet. Appreciate it. I love the Remade in America concept. We're really going to dive into this sort of career-shifting trend going on in America right now. Uh, tell right. us a little bit about what's happening with our careers. What the heck are we doing with our careers these days, Pat? Give Tune us in. Well, you know, because of the economic downturn, we just have a lot of people that have to come up with a new way of uh, making a living, and they're they're having to, to shift careers, either voluntarily or uh, out of necessity. Overall, have we seen good things happen as a result of that? Have people actually enjoyed this shift in transition and been able to climb their way up the ladders and perform? You know, I specialize in people 45 plus, so I'll mainly speak to that demographic. Uh, they are taking it as an opportunity to fulfill some unrealized dreams. So I'd say overall, it's been a good thing. And what is, I'm, I'm curious about your take on <clears throat> how this might in fact be helping the, uh, the, the overall ecosystem of business with New, fresh people coming from different backgrounds, being thrust into a new environment and bringing some of the tools and skills that they've learned from other jobs into a workplace. Have you seen positive things happen in that, in that world, in that space? Yeah, I think you've hit, hit the nail on the head in terms of a lot of people that are shifting careers. They have maybe a skill set. I just uh, had somebody on the show that was a TV producer that is now a caterer, and she talked about how her catering events are really miniature television shows. You know, she has an audience, she has people that need to be pleased, she has, it's lit, you know, so uh, a lot of people are doing exactly what you're saying. They're, they're matching up their existing skill set, the investment, some of them 10, 20, 30 years into that skill set, and then really going through a, a sifting process of how, what does that skill set apply to that I can currently get paid for. Maybe they can't get paid to be a TV producer anymore. Hmm. Let's talk about fear for a second 
and what fear people may have in, in, in making that radical transition. What, what's the root of that fear, um, and how can people overcome it? I think people just get, I, I call it, I'm, I'm doing a book around the show as well, and I talk about the armor people wear. You know, there's, there's 20, 30 years uh, of, of identity that, that tends to calcify around individuals. I am a lawyer. I am a dentist. I am a homemaker. What, whatever that armor seems to be that has worked for us maybe for a number of years, uh, and then suddenly we're either thrust into a situation, divorce, some, oftentimes it might be a trauma, uh, there, or it could just be empty nesting. You know, the kids have left, but now what do I do? And and so that armor can be counterproductive. And I think the fear is just simply removing that armor and seeing what's underneath. And let's talk about acquiring new skills. Now, when we're kids growing up, even in high school, let's take sports, for example. When When we want to explore a sport, we just go out and do it. We lace up the skates, we get out there in the ice, we put a stick in our hands, and we're a hockey player. You know, or in my case, a surfboard. Okay, all right. So are you able to do that now as you, as you think about other careers? How can you lace them up in another profession? I, I, I think it's a matter of you can't afford not to do it. I, I remember a great uh, example of that. I was at a taping of a Prairie Home Companion, and Garrison Keeler was asking Martin Sheen what he was up to lately. And Martin Sheen, at the time, was probably late 60s. And he said, well, I'm going, I'm going to college. I never went to college. I'm just a high school graduate. And uh, Garrison Keeler said, well, you're going to be 70 when you graduate. Why are you doing that? And Martin Sheen said, well, I'm going to be 70 anyway. <laughs> you know? So I think, I think the lesson is it's never too late to start. It's never too late to learn. Uh, you're going you're gonna to go through that period of time anyway. Why not pursue something that you want? And if it takes uh, some schooling or some training, uh, now's the time. No time like the present. How important are mentors in this transition game? Huge. It's, it's huge. You know, I, I, I think that just community, I mean, just what we're doing now, Byron, you know, just talking with like-minded people, uh, I think I think part of this armor-removing process is that we may have surrounded ourselves with people that think of us a certain way, that we're categorized in a certain way, and that when we might step outside of that character, if you will, I'm in Hollywood, so everybody's a character, uh, you know, there might be people who are around and say, "Oh, you can't do that. You you can't become that. You you're not suited to do that. Your 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 old identity." So finding somebody that will encourage you that maybe has gone through the a similar process of reinvention or being remade, uh, I think is is a huge value. Either somebody in the industry, a, a life coach, uh, or it could just be a group of people uh, that is experiencing a similar process. I want to ask an interesting question about what I call freakishly amazing talent. So it's my, it's my belief that 
everyone possesses some sort of freakishly amazing talent. And they often don't know what it is, and they can't describe it, and they can't you know, put their finger on it. But it does exist. And I want to ask you, A, do you believe that? And, and B, is it important to find your freakishly amazing talent and look for industries where you can bring that freakishly amazing talent and where that freakishly amazing talent is welcome and wanted and in high demand and in need? Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I think I think yes, I do believe in that. I think that I think that there are things within all of us that that either at a very young age, uh, you know, the Beatles come to mind, you know, they they flourish off of that freakishly amazing talent. Uh some of us maybe that for whatever reason we've had to postpone uh, tapping into that. Um I've made a living creatively most of my adult life. So I live off of my ideas, basically. Uh, some other people, it just might be organizational skills. It might be something a little more left brain. I, I think that what happens, or at least in my interviews on my show and, and working on this book, is that oftentimes we settle. Oftentimes uh, we can be we can be reactive and opportunistic, and maybe that's appropriate at certain stages of life. We have to earn a living, we have to put our kids through school, or whatever the deeds may be. Uh, I think at some point, though, that uh, urge comes up uh, somewhere, usually in midlife, where that quiet voice can't be stilled anymore. You know, there's just a, a point in time when it has to be answered. I don't know, and this is just coming from the creative world. I, I am a former executive at the Disney Studios and at Disneyland. You know, I don't know that it always has to earn us a living. What what I've seen happen is sometimes it's called a portfolio career. You know, sometimes people come up with a way to subsidize their life, and they use that freakishly amazing talent, as you call it, simply mm-hmm. as a as a supplement. To, to their life. So, you know, one of the things that I think uh, is happening more and more is, is there's a hybrid that happens as opposed to all our eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. This transition that <clears throat> we've all had to make in our lives, not just when the economy's bad, um, it's obviously easier if, if you have some uh, experience within an industry. Do you think yep. your probabilities are higher to stay within the general family of your of your skill set, or do you think you can do okay to reach out more through perhaps a personal network of people you may know and respect you and appreciate your talent that are in a radically different marketplace and use those connections you have versus uh, you know trying to stay within your within your comfort zone of skill sets? Do you have a thought well, on that I, fork in the yeah, road? Yeah. That's a great question, and I think that uh, it it is something that people have to kind of almost search internally about how badly they want to get out of what they're doing. You know, I think there is uh, a need to just decide, gee, how much skin do I have to have? Do I want to have in the game? If if a person wants completely outside of their industry, it's going to be harder. You know, however, there are adjacent opportunities. I, I taught a class, and, and I was always struck by uh, entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, 
that would come up with ideas like I had a web design, a lady that wanted to get into web design. She had been a paralegal most of her adult life. So what she came up with is she was going to design websites for lawyers. So there was a, an example where she used her skills and her connections of knowing many, many lawyers to help underwrite her new business of website design. And then maybe after she got that core business going, she could expand into website design for other industries. But but she was able to do something adjacent that was much easier and had a lower cost of entry. Makes perfect sense. What do you think some of the biggest mistakes people make as they uh, traverse the, the career-changing trail? Well, it's it's funny. I I noticed that I and I've talked to uh, Julie Schiffman, who's a lady that that talks a lot about portfolio careers, and she happens to specialize in women, forty five plus. Uh, I, for whatever reason, in my coaching and and my show, uh, deal more with men. And there's two dynamics. She and I talked about this quite a bit. For men. There's a problem in turning off the ego. Uh, we maybe are cutting out of some high-powered corporate job where everybody answers our phone calls immediately, and men tend to carry that grandiosity forward when they want to open a yoga studio or they want to get into some other thing that's maybe much more low-key but is where they want to go with their life. And women, a lot of women, seem to have the reverse where maybe they had a career early in life, uh, then they maybe stopped that career and stayed home with the children, were homemakers, now they want to go back to a career, and their uh, egos or their confidence is very low. So Julie would talk a lot about the fact that she had to build up the, the women's egos to, to be more confident. And I noticed the opposite with a lot of men is it's, it's, you know, you, you have to get right sized to, uh, to do this new thing or people and opportunities are just going to turn away from you. Exciting stuff and helpful. Let's take a break. Everyone we will be back just in a, in a few minutes. Life tips. will be right back after this short break. You rely on your website to promote your business. And while you're busy doing what you love, you need a site that can keep up. GoDaddy Web Hosting is built from the ground up for lightning speed, reliability, and rock-solid performance. It includes over 150 free apps like WordPress and Drupal to build and manage your site. And with 99.9% uptime and industry-leading load times, you never have to worry if your site is up and running. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code HOSTFM to get web hosting for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. 
When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. Your CEO Coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up. CEO Coach, on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, Pat. Thanks for being on the show today. Good to see you here, Byron. Right on. I wanted to ask you, how much does passion play into success with a new career, in your opinion? It's a tough slog. It's It's an uphill battle. You have to want it. So I would say passion has got to be first on the list. And how do you generate that passion about a new career when you're weary and skeptical and, uh, you know, not certain how you're going to perform and competing against people that are more advanced than you are? How do you deal with that? I, I think one of the keys is to, as we mentioned before, is to surround yourself uh, with like-minded people that are going to support you. I, uh, I call it, in, in my book, I call it avoid sneer pressure, which mm-hmm. is simply people that maybe are your peers that are going to go. I, I, I have my own story mm-hmm. of the fact that I, I started acting at age 55. I started doing TV and film acting at age 55. And uh, I knew intuitively who to not tell that I was doing that. And and because I just didn't want to hear people go, oh, you that's not what you do. You don't do that, because I would probably take that to heart. <laughs> and and so I was very clear that I would go to other people that were actors my age and tell them what I was doing and ask them what maybe they would recommend in classes and whatnot. And it was just a whole different experience. You know, not not to say we don't enjoy you know, sharing with our friends and family, but I think it's important to be selective. I think, I think that feeds the passion, you know, is if, if you keep 
you keep the the weeds out of the garden, things will. It is difficult to find passion in a job that uh, is, shall we say, lower lower pay. Um, you know, uh, different group of people. But I'm with you. You you need to find that passion and create that passion. Um, about a new opportunity. I wanted to ask you another question, and that is, how does failure in your career track, in fact, help you moving forward to to new careers? You know, it's interesting. So many successful people have failed. I mean, it's a a list of who's who. It's Walt Disney, uh, Steve Jobs, Lucille Ball, you know, all these people that we think of as creative geniuses. Steven Spielberg was uh, uh, rejected from film school three times. I mean, you know, everybody, not everybody, but but a lot of successful people have failed. I mean, big failures. I think that failure is just the cost of doing business. I think that people need to expect failure in this, even in this remade process. You know, many of us have maybe had it earlier in life and maybe it's made a shift uh, paths, uh, but there's a really a good side to failure. I call it the elegance of failure, what, what we can learn from failure. It's, it's pretty profound. Hmm. <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about your failure and how it's helped you just to be and, and by the way, we could talk about mine as well. So right, right back at me as well. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm very open with some of my failures, and I, and I think the common denominator, maybe for me at least, is that, and I go, this goes kind of back to the opportunistic thing, is that oftentimes I was involved in projects I didn't fully believe in, you know, and and I can think of one in particular, which. Uh, had to do with timing, and that's part of the business I'm in now, which is working with TV stations. And we came up with a model for stations to uh, pay for our services uh, through a trade proposition. So they were going to give us airtime to pay for our services. And I rolled this out. I made a big deal out of it. I spent a lot of money marketing it, and it laid a goose egg. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had to go back and just throw the idea out. I mean, I had to I had to come up with a whole new way of doing it, and I had to notice that the timing was inappropriate. Five years later, I reintroduced I, I reintroduced I should say the same concept, structured just a little bit differently, but basically the same concept, and it was a big hit. We had a hundred and thirty clients within the first year. Now, I could have taken that first failure and just said, well, that was a bad idea. I'll never try that again. Uh, but I knew I had something there, so I, had, uh, I, I developed patience. I, I, think, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people uh, could use a healthy dose of patience. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a gee, I, I better get out there. Somebody's going to rip me off. This is something I better do sooner than later. And and if a if a good idea is a good idea and you're the right person to execute it, it's it's probably going to be okay to make sure you have all your ducks in a row to do it properly. And, and in my case, that took five years. 
Another thing that comes to mind that I'd love to ask you about is, is exporting your talent to another country. What do you, what's your take on that to remake yourself and remake your career? Well, I think with what we have going on uh, digitally, social networking, I mean, what you and I are doing right now, a radio show in two different cities, uh, everything's wide open. Uh, I, I do uh, life coaching. And I do a lot of it via Skype. I have clients all over the country. Um, you know, there's nothing to say that I really couldn't be doing it. I, I'm not currently. Maybe maybe after this radio show I will be, uh, you know, doing it with anybody outside the country. But I could really do that from anywhere, you know. So I, I think for me personally, part of what this new freedom, you know, this new digital freedom has created is really I can be wherever I want to be, and and certainly uh, being able to go into other geographic regions uh, is is one of the benefits of that new freedom. Let's talk a little bit about your life coaching career, which is near and dear to me with the work we're doing over at Life Tips now, inviting life coaches to be part of our Life Tips community. How did you begin yeah. your life life coaching career? Tell us about that. Well, uh, Bob Dickman is my mentor, and Bob is the author of a book, uh, co-author of a book called Elements of Persuasion. Uh, I went to he, he and I happen to have the same acting agent. You know, we're we're here in Hollywood. Everybody has an agent, uh, and uh, I called my agent one time and said I wanted some coaching uh, for a certain presentation I was doing, and she recommended Bob, who does a lot of coaching around public speaking. And we just started a process a few years ago of 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 doing this, and I liked it so much. I started working on it myself, you know. And it's and it's really become something that uh, is such a benefit, not just to my clients, as you know, Byron, but to me. You know, it's it's really such an incredible two way street. Uh, that I'd highly recommend it to anybody. Interesting. The, and I agree with that, by the way. The, <clears throat> the challenges of life coaching are immense um, in terms of understanding the psyche of, of people's being and how they exist and how they act and how to motivate them, how to understand them. What, what methodology do you, uh, you know, provide to your, to your customers as, as part of your onboarding process and, and solution providing. Is it well, formal? Uh, is, it, is it more formal? Is it more loose? Is it more driven by what their goals are? You know, tell us a little bit about the variation that you have. Yeah, you know, it, it's very loose. Uh, I have been a part of a of a kind of a spiritual movement or or group for 27 years, and and it kind of has to do with. Uh, you know, uh, rigorous uh, self-awareness, and so I would say that that my methodology is one of, uh, of being fairly loose, and that uh, I had I had a session just yesterday where you you can relate to this, I'm sure, is people come in with a certain set of goals that they think they want, and after a period of time. 
you know, part of the facilitation process is is subtraction rather than addition. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a matter of of focus. You know, it's a mm-hmm. matter of of kind of removing distractions so that this one, just like you talked about earlier, this one passion or this one next indicated action can emerge uh, that's 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 doable, that's actionable at a given time. And that that seems to be, to me, the the primary goal within the goals. We seem, as a society, we seem to respect and applaud a coach in the athletic world. But when it comes to life, we tend to not understand what a life coach can bring to the table and how paramount that is. Why is that? Why aren't we in tune with life coaches and their value propositions, and and why aren't we giving them more applause? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, we're a capitalist society, and we value what can be counted. Hmm. And and self-actualization and happiness is hard to count. You know, I think that I think that uh, I think that's always going to be the challenge within this type of work. And I think that anybody that needs that outside counting process will probably be frustrated doing the work because I think that it is one of uh, one-on-one recognition. You know, I, I feel so good when a client calls me up and tells me, wow, I did that thing. It turned out successfully. I am so grateful and I'll see you next week. (laughs) <laughs> to me, that's better than, you know, the cover of Forbes. I, I haven't been on the cover of Forbes, so I'm not sure. But, but you know what I'm saying. I, I think Absolutely. it's just a very, it's a very, very hard thing to quantify. It is. But I would argue on that one right back at you is that, you know, scoring human performance seems like an odd concept, but it happens every day. You know. Oh, totally. How, how uh, is our marriage happy, and and how long have we been married? <laughs> um, right. Is our work going well, and are we progressing up the ladder and making more money regularly? Um, you know, there is scoring that happens, but I agree with you that it's not a black and white like it is in sports, where your success as a coach and coaching athletes is translated into more points and in winning games, right? Yeah. And, and and that it's hard to refer somebody else to that happiness quotient. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's easy to show people these other uh, forms of, 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 you know, being able to be recognized as success. Uh, ours is just a little, a little more difficult to quantify. Hmm. I agree. Well, Pat, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. I want to ask you, how can people get a hold of you? Who do you want to get a hold of you? Because I know you run a TV show. Um, and uh, what web address uh, can they can they reach with you at? Chime away. Well, I pre- yeah, I appreciate that. And it's uh, patpatterson.net, not .com, but .net, where they can see episodes of my show. Uh, I also have a great Facebook entity, so if they can like me on Facebook, uh, and all my contact information is on my website. And I encourage people to submit uh, guests that might be appropriate for my TV show that have remade themselves. So I'm always looking for new new people to be on the show. Terrific. Where does the show air so we can get a plug-in for that? How can people watch the show? 
the, the show is on cable here in in Southern California, uh, and and it's currently being looked at for broader national distribution. Well, best of luck with that, and uh, really appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate your time, Byron. Take care. My last question for you, Pat, is yeah. when is when is the book going to be out? Pat Patterson's Remade in America. When is the book due? The, the book is due, at, all I can say is within the next three months. Jack, Jackie at uh, TV Guestbird has helped me put that together. Terrific. Well, we'll look forward to oh, that. Yeah. When, the book, when the book comes out, look us up again, and we'll see if we can help you out. I appreciate that, Byron. That's that's great. I'll I'll check everything out there on your on your information. Keep in tune along with the guests. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope your life is a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Thanks to Pat. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.